and welcome everybody into the SFCBL Triple Play Podcast, live and in color from the SFCBL Podcasting Studio in beautiful Lantana, Florida. This is the culmination of week three, episode four of the Triple Play Podcast. Once again, joined by Jack Mazagy, Lexi Castrillian. My name is Brian Mermelstein. Guys, three weeks in, how are we feeling? Feeling absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love being here. It's a great time. We're really getting into the meat of the season. Jack? Yeah, uh, this week more than ever, I really see the uh, skill increase as they're de- everyone's definitely into the season. And uh, we've been seeing a lot of close games, so that means good baseball is being played. Yeah, I feel like everyone's starting to settle in a little bit and we're getting uh, – a solid product on the field. Things are kind of leveling out. We're not seeing like insane high scoring games anymore. And it's some good baseball that we've been watching. And that's what we were hoping for. Yeah. We kind of, you know, said, hey, you know, we're going to have a, a couple blowouts at the beginning, but that will figure itself out as we get into the season. And it did. It certainly did. Uh, we have a lot of games to talk about, a lot of teams to talk about. Unfortunately, We do not have any player interviews for you today. Uh, Just using all the new bells and whistles. But uh, no player interviews, but our players of the week, Ryan Magdick from the Palm Beach Extreme, and the pitcher of the week was Mason Adams of the Phipps Park Barracudas. Indeed. Neither of which could be reached for comment, which is pretty unfortunate. Um, But we do have an interview with Coach Franco of the first place... Boynton Beach Buccaneers. (laughs) The Bucks are very hot right now. Jack is all over it. True to the statement, the Bucks are hot. That win last night, electric. Jack, you want to tell us about that? If you didn't see anything about the game last night, I just feel bad. You 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 really did miss the game of the year. (laughs) Shout out to Trace Hayjack, quite possibly the biggest eighteen year old, oh nineteen year old. Happy birthday! Hit the. Go ahead, go ahead, triple, stand-up triple, because everyone, everyone in the park, including the outfielder, thought that was a home run. But stand-up triple on his birthday to take the game, which was a pretty nice birthday gift. Tracy Hajak's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, I, I believe we have him down at 6'7", but 19, yeah, in, in person, 19 six, years old. Come on, what are we doing here? That's insane. I need a birth certificate on him. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, you can't <laughs> throw a fastball down the middle to the kid. That's all I'm saying. I would hope not. It's dangerous. Um, so going over the leaders in the SFCBL, just, you know, specifically stat leaders, um, as far as batting average goes, we have Jonah Diaz from the West Boca Snappers, the rising freshman at Jacksonville University, batting 556 on the year. And here's a guy that I have been nothing but incredibly impressed with the maturity he's shown and then just, you know, how he's, how he's handled this new level of competition that he's facing, and he's someone that looks really ready to go play collegiate baseball. Yeah, another guy we had on the podcast, Jordan Shulafand, is still holding his own at 462. It's second in the league right now, but um, uh, what is that? Uh, eight more at-bats than Jonah Diaz, yeah. so he he definitely has something going for him this year, and I think he's going to just keep going all year. I agree. I mean, the bats are really coming alive right now, and, and in a, a good kind of way. There's not, like like we said before, there's no crazy blowouts, whatever, but this is just good technical baseball being played, and it's showing in all the numbers. Uh, home run leaders in the clubhouse are player of the week, Ryan Magdick, and get this, 
all three of them were recorded on the same day. That was last Saturday. Su- Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Yes. Last Sunday. So that was like a week ago. Mm-hmm. But the yes. league week starts on Sunday. He went three home runs off three different pitchers in what would have been a league record had it been one game. It was not. It was two seven-inning doubleheaders. But if it was one nine-inning game, that would have come in the ninth inning. Yeah, it was. Or the eight, eighth inning. I think it was the eighth inning. Okay. They were very close to each other yes. in terms of timing. And may I add, Brian, we were we were all there, and um, not one of them was even remotely close. No, yeah. All three of them were no doubters. No doubters. Uh, spent his last year at Cochise College there you in go. Arizona. <laughs> Had some trouble with that on Sunday, but I figured it out. Uh, as far as our RBI leaders, Umberto Torres Jr. of the Barracudas is tied with Dylan Goldstein of the Snappers at 11 RBIs, followed by Matty Warren, Jonathan Strauss, uh, Stella, Judge, and Brant Smith, all up there with 9 and 10, respectively. Still young in the season, you know, a lot to go, but, man, you know, we have some really impressive guys offensively starting to come out of their shell and really show off this season. Yeah, I mean, Goldstein on the snappers, he his bat is ridiculous. I mean, he's tied for first in home runs and RBI. This kid, I mean, he's at the plate, and you just know he's going to make contact and make something happen every time he goes up. Yeah, and uh, even defensively, we have some guys really starting to show out, um, some guys with low two ERAs, some guys like uh, Seviano on the snappers, and – Dannenberg on the Boca Raton Blazers. But, I mean, other guys that are really impressing me are guys like Kelsey Ward of the Ducks, who in 11 innings has 22 strikeouts, so it's a great rate you love to see. And with a three with a 3.09 ERA, it's, it's not like he's uh, just throwing BP there. Yeah, Kelsey Ward leading the league in strikeouts of 22, followed by Nick Del Prado with the snappers at 19. And then Cole Stasio, Andreas Rayome. And Nathan Rintz at 17, followed by Corey Spain at 16. A lot of these Lightning guys, while they fell last night to the snappers in a pretty large margin, a lot of these Lightning pitchers are starting to come into their own. And as a homer, I will say, don't let the bolts get hot. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you look at these pitching stats and the pitching leaders, it's Lightning up and down the board. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we were, we were always focusing on uh, – we're, we were always focusing on guys like Andreas Rayom and Joe Messina, but, I mean, Nathan Rins has really put his name in there yeah. with 17 strikeouts and only a 4.66, slightly less than Rayom. I know Rayom just had one bad outing, but yeah. a 4.66 is nothing to be reckoned with here in a summer league where every offense is stacked and powerful at this point. Yeah, I mean, these guys are lights out. I'm looking at this list. I mean, Jack Clemente, uh, Rayom, Rins, Joe Messina. Like, these guys are – these arms are insane. Yeah, and I'll keep beating the drum of the LaSalle guys coming to play for something. But Jack Clemente, here's a guy that went out last night, faced six batters, struck out five of them. Um, And here's a guy who's playing inspired, looking to find a new home. Uh, We take a look at the league standings. Uh, As we said, your Boynton Beach Buccaneers are in first place of the North Division with a record of 9-7, and followed by the Phipps Park Barracudas, the Delray Beach Lightning, the Boca Raton Blazers, and the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks. And let me tell you, this North Division is packed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three in a row, so obviously the, the Bucks are hot, but really coming <laughs> off a 
really coming off like a, a little bit of a struggle from what they expect in the beginning of the year and um, coming to first place and th- uh, five. their next five games are only against two opponents. They got three against the Clippers and two against the Knights. So I think if they uh, start off with a good win, I think that uh, they can carry out and maybe get a sweep in one of these series. Definitely. I mean, and in the South, the top two teams, the Snappers and the Extremes, I mean, there's just the margin isn't even close between second and third right now. Yeah, I was looking today, and if you look at um, the win percentage of the third-place team in the South, which is the Pompano Beach Clippers, they would currently, n- n- not taking anything away from them, but they would currently be in last place in the North Division. Yeah. So it's a uh, parity is um, a key in the North Division right now. Seems like we may need some uh, division realignment in the future. Oh. Based on what happens this year. Interesting. Is this a little GM Brian? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know geography down here but (laughs) it appears that the north and the south division are made based on geographic divisions Uh, yes and no kind of i mean maybe there's a little bit of a wrench thrown into it this year and last year with the rearranging of fields because of covid so i mean it's it depends on the season now i guess and well, maybe mean, it could be looked at for next year. Maybe. I, I maybe. mean, someone's got to play the poker, so <laughs> I mean, oh, no, I mean, no not trying to throw slander. any, sh- not trying to throw any shade, but I mean, obviously, there's going to be some teams in the South Division with a lot of wins. And there's also going to be some teams in the in the North Division that don't have a lot of wins, but I feel like we got to have a more even even show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could talk league strategy all day, though. <laughs> uh, it could be time for the fastest two I minutes. I think it could be time for fastest two minutes. Okay. Here we go. We go to Sunday, June 13th at Harry Gribben, where the Palm Beach Extreme ripped off two games against the Boynton Beach Buccaneers in a doubleheader where Ryan Magic had not one, not two, but three jacks to put them to 2-0 and to start the week. We go to Monday, June 14th. Uh-oh, some trouble in paradise. Rainouts all across the board. Only two games played. Delray Beach Lightning fall to the Boynton Beach Buccaneers. Five to four, and the Pompano Beach Clippers top the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks six to two. Tuesday, June 15th, the Delray Lightning get their rain boots on. Win over 6-1 over the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks. West Boca Snappers blow out the Barracudas 14-2, and the Extreme and Knights were not feeling it. Decided to postpone that one. Wednesday, rain, rain, go away. Both games canceled. What about Thursday? Thursday, June 17th, games are finally being played again. First, we have the Boca Raton Blazers beating the Pompano Beach Clippers 4-5, to 5-4 at Little Fenway. Then we have the Boynton Beach Buccaneers absolutely dominating the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks 14-4. to 4. Then we go to Pompano Beach defeating the... <laughs> Defeating the Fort Lauderdale Knights 7-1. Then we go to Santa Lucia's Delray Beach Lightning take over the Pokers 4-1. Finally, we have the Boca Raton Blazers again playing at Little Fenway, but they top the Phipps Park Barracudas 7-6. Friday, June 18th, the Diamond Ducks were not done as they take down the West Boca Snappers in a huge game 5-3. Barracudas take out the Pokers 12-4. Extreme take out the Hot Buccaneers 5-1, and the Blazers get back on top, winning 3-1 over the Lightning. We finished the league week on Saturday, June 19th, and here is a deep breath. <gasps> Palm Beach Extreme 6-2, West Boca Snappers 5-4, Boca Raton Blazers 2-0, Boynton Beach Buccaneers 13-4, Fifth Park Barracudas 2-0, Fifth Park Barracudas 5-2, Delray Beach Lightning 13-9, Palm Beach Diamond Ducks 8-7, West Boca Snappers 4-2, and the Boynton Beach Buccaneers end the league week on a 5-4 victory over the Fort Lauderdale Knights. Whoop! 
I think that went pretty well, guys. <laughs> that went great. That was awesome. Uh, it must sound so weird without the music. We're just like screaming into the microphone. <laughs> good thing that the music was in our. Good we thing that we have two people here in this room <laughs> judging us. <laughs> two people outside the studio judging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just oh that's what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was great. Uh, like we said, and we prefaced before, great week in the SFCBL. Um, and, you know, like you both said, I think the pitching is really starting to pick up, the offense is starting to pick up, and we're starting to get a lot closer games, which is really nice because we love exciting baseball games. Yeah. And there's nothing exciting about a 13-4 game on a Wednesday night. I mean, Grant, well, there was no games on Wednesday night. Rain, rain, go away, Just remember. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, obviously we're going to see some – blowouts here and there but yes. we're settling in and i love to see it jack yeah i mean uh i think i think all we can do right now is look forward i mean a bunch of a bunch of great games going on here and uh, more and more as the season goes on these games are going to matter more and more i know the first game we really saw that was huge in terms of <laughs> everyone cared was the um lightning snappers but we got some big series coming up here and i think that are going to affect the end end game standings yeah i mean and as the season goes on and people start kind of falling into their rankings, it gets a lot more fun to go to these games and kind of have an idea of what you're going to see in the field, and then we get that kind of feeling that it's like... I, th- I think yeah. we have a message from I the think skies. We have a message from the clouds. What's up? My expertise is going to be the podcast before the draft. That's really going to be a great podcast because we have a lot of guys that are going to go. Okay. Voice from the sky. I don't know if you guys heard that one, but <laughs> we are going to have an explosive draft this year, and we are going to have we are going to have some some expertise come on don't to worry. the podcast. And give, give me the full rundown. Your favorite podcast will be covering the draft. The CEO and commissioner. The CEO and commissioner. SFCBL Vince Farfalia will be joining us come draft time. One of the many voices from our heavenly sky. <laughs> yeah, literally from the heavens. From the heavens. Um, yes. So without um, further ado, guys, I think it is time to phone our friend. The head coach of the Red Hot Boynton Beach Buccaneers, Coach Franco. The homie. And let's get into our conversation with him. We are now joined via telephone by the head coach of the Boynton Beach Buccaneers, Coach Franco. Coach, thanks for taking some time to do it with us. Yeah, my pleasure. It's always uh, nice to get a little uh, recognition after a big win last night. Yeah, huge win last night to start off the new uh, week in the league. You guys now in first place in the North Division uh, I guess the first thing is, you know, you guys kind of started a little slower than you may have wanted. What do you think has been the difference maker as you guys have kicked it in the gear lately? Well, you know, the start of the summer, you know, this is my seventh summer in the SF, the CBL. It's always a struggle at the beginning. You really only have one workout before the season starts, and you try to, as a coach, try to piece together, you know, different lineups, different uh, kids. Try to, You don't even know your players that well, so – it's always uh, it's always interesting to try to figure that out, but that's why I enjoy doing this in the summer. And uh, you know, we try to find the right pieces, the the right combo of players, and the right pitching rotations the the first week of the season. And then you know, after that, then we st- kind of strategically plan on you know who's playing which game and which ro- pitchers are going to be throwing in each game. So uh, you know, but. You know, we started off slow, but now we're starting to play well. The kids are gelling right now, and you know they got a lot of confidence, and we feel pretty good about our our uh, our our upcoming grind of a week. We have a lot of games this week, um, 
started yesterday with a with a nice win against the Barracudas, taking first place in the division, which is nice. Um, and then we got a doubleheader Wednesday, Friday, regular nine inning game, the doubleheader Saturday, doubleheader Sunday. So a lot of a lot more baseball to be played this week. And you know, in this league, everyone's bunched up. Everyone's really close. Doesn't matter really where we are right now. We want to just keep on playing well to have a chance for the playoffs at the end. Yeah, Coach, so uh, we were looking over your schedule, and like you said, you have five games against two teams over the next upcoming days. And uh, how big is keeping your arms warm or keeping them keeping them ready, make sure guys aren't overthrowing, but at the same time making sure that they get their innings in so you're not short on arms at the end of the day? Yeah, well, you know, the bottom line is this. I try to, I try to make the starters get about the same amount of innings that when it's all said and done at the end of the summer. And I try to get the relievers all kind of close, you know, with, with the amount of innings pitch. You know, the, be, the beginning of the season, we try to figure out who our starters are. And I like to go – I like to go two starters for the first two arms at each, you know, each game. So we try to go three to four innings with those guys. So then we go two relief arms for, you know, the back end of the game. And uh, so far, the kids have stepped up. I mean, you know, very rarely have we had an outing where they didn't go what was scheduled based on pitch count. But, uh, you know, as long as the kids give us a chance, our offense has been clicking lately. And, you know, it's not like we're – I mean, we're a funny team sometimes. We we score a bunch of runs, and, and you know, but we also – you know, we, we the extremes had our number. And, you know, we got no hit against them the other day, but then we come out and, you know, 10 run the Ducks. Then we had a nice quality win last night. We had a nice doubleheader on Saturday against the Knights. So, I mean, just as long as the kids kind of know that, you know, well, I map I map out the innings. So the kids know what's expected. So if they, as long as they give us a fight chance, you know, the innings will take care of themselves down the road. You know, they, later in the summer, everyone will be where they need to be. Yeah, for sure. And, you're one of the guys when we get those lineups before the game, you're probably the, one of the more organized uh, coaches in the league that you know you come into the game knowing exactly what you want your pitchers to do. And I think that has to help you going forward and you're not scrambling in a week like this to try to figure something out. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm almost overly organized, I guess. You know, I've been running a high school program for 19 years now. I've been involved as a head coach for – I just finished my 17th year as a high school head coach, and I, I've had experience in this league before. So I, I have a good feel of what we need to do as a coaching staff to, you know, let our guys know. I, I, I send out the information, you know, the on a, usually typically on a Sunday. So it lets the kids know exactly where they stand and where where they're going to throw, what they need to do in between their, their, their appearances as far as pitching is concerned. And I think that really works well for us. Um, they like I they know going into you know Monday you know that or Sunday evening they know what 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 the week is and they know they're going to get their innings they don't come to the ballpark not knowing what's going on and that same thing goes with our our offensive team we basically are too deep at every position and we have a nice little rotation I basically go on a two game rotation then I mix it up again for the third game of the week so like you know group of guys will be playing in, in the first game of the week and then the next group will be playing the second game and then I mix and match and rotate around so it's not the same lineup every game but the kids get consistent at bats and the and the arms get consistent innings and they know exactly where they stand so I think that I think that helps ease the 
the what if on their mind. So they know what to expect and they know how to prepare. You know, a lot of the kids, they have to lift still. So they can, they can, the pitchers can base their lift schedule on when they know they're throwing and then they, they can get their side work in, in, in between their appearances and the hitters, they know what to expect on what game they're going to be playing in and what game they're going to be subbing in and come in and, you know, they base their lifts on, on that. So I think it's just helped out the whole, it helps the summer go by with them knowing and it helps us, you know, you know, I'm a school teacher, so I don't work during the day in the summer. I got nothing else better to do than worry about the bucks. So I, I love it. And that's what I, I think I do a pretty good job uh, of doing. Yeah. I like to think so as well. Um, you talk about your roster uh, and you look at, you guys have a, like you said, you have a pretty balanced roster. You have a lot of guys that can do things in a lot of places, both in the field and in the lineup. Um, who are some guys that have maybe surprised you coming into the year and maybe some of the veterans that you're really happy that they're kind of guiding the way? Well, I'll start with vet- veterans. Uh, we got a couple guys that have been bucks now, thir- three summers going in, and this particular one, A.J. Arrico, this is in his fourth summer. And I had the pleasure of coaching A.J. in high school. He's one of my guys from high school, and uh, he's been a buck since he uh, graduated high school. And He's, uh, I guess you could say, that just the way he is, the way he approaches every day, the way he works, you know, uh, at the facility at, at FTX when they go, when they do their workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays, he's one of the guys that all the other position players like look up to, and it helps that he's performing really well. He's he does, he's doing his thing, he's getting on base, he's stealing bases, he's scoring runs, and kind of gets our offense going. And then, uh, and then Andres Gonzalez, he's another guy that. Uh, that's been a veteran for us. And I just think they know what to expect. So I think their knowledge of how we do things, uh, you know, in the Bucks coaching staff side of things that they kind of relay the, you know, relay the message. And then on the pitching staff, we got Chris Seymour, who's, who's a worker and he, um, he's a veteran. I think this is his third summer with us. And, you know, he comes in and on the, on his off days, he gets his work in the other kids see him, you know, doing what he needs to do to prepare for each, each performance each week. And, uh, you know, um, I think just the veteran leadership as far as, you know, summer baseball in Florida, it's a grind. You know, it's hot, it's humid. We deal with rain sometimes. We don't know if we're playing. We don't know if we're taking BP on the field or if in the cages. So I just think everyone watching the veterans, you know, lead, I think that's what worked out good for us. As far as newcomers are concerned, you know, Mason Maxwell, he's really stepped up. He made two tremendous diving plays last night in the big game against the Barracudas. And uh, he's had some clutch hits, and you know, it's just I think every everyone kind of everyone gets along. Uh, everyone's getting, everyone's having fun, and that's what I said the first meeting that that Thursday practice way back a few weeks ago, um, before we opened up the season on opening night. You know, I, I kind of just stressed to the guys like, listen, I'm here for you. You know, me and the other two coaches, Coach Beck and Coach Rico, we're here for you, and you have to you have to go into this summer, you know, with with what do you expect out of this summer for yourself? And I said, if, if you, if you have a goal set in mind, whatever your college coaches told you to work on and, and get better at, you know, this summer, um, we, we're here for you. We're going to help, help, re- help you reach your goal. And, um, and if you, if you all are, are striving towards reaching that goal and you actually are accomplishing those goals that you set in place, it's going to help us as a team and, and play better. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I just think I like the I like the way they work. They're they're all having fun. The number one thing I stressed that that practice day was uh, you know respect the game, play the game the right way, and and let the chips fall where they may. 
you know, everyone's going to have some ups and downs performance-wise. You're going to have good outings, good at-bats. You're going to have bad outings. You're going to have bad at-bats. I mean, it is what it is. It's baseball and the summer grind. It's no joke here in Florida, South Florida. So I think that um, as long as you respect the game, play hard, play the right way, then good things will happen for you. Yeah, that's a great response, Coach. And um, I, you kept saying that you're here for them. But something that I noticed last night being at the electric game that you guys had is that uh, they're starting to be there for each other. A, a great moment with Trey there who may not may not be the offensive stud of the league, but a huge hit for the team and everyone was there for him. Everyone was happy. And it seemed as if they were even happier for him than themselves. You know what I mean? And it's a great chemistry for these guys. And do you think that this comes into part in hitting well or playing well in the f- well on the field? You mentioned Mason Maxwell and there's guys like Jelani Rogers and TJ McKenzie who are just really, they catch everything in the outfield, it seems like, nowadays. Yeah, I mean, our outfield speed and outfield range is tremendous. Uh, I mean, um, it, it's quite, I mean, it's a no-fly zone in our outfield for sure. But, uh, yeah, going back to Trey, I mean, the kids had some a rough injury stretch the past, like, season and a half, two seasons coming out of high school, and he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He hasn't had a lot of at-bats. So, you know, his his – his purpose this summer is to get more reps and more, see more pitches. And, and, and he's such a big, strong kid. And when he made contact with that ball yesterday, and it, it, I thought, I thought I had a chance to go out. I mean, it was hit a mile high. And um, the, the, the react, I mean, you almost think that it was almost like an Omaha reaction last night. It was quite incredible. Um, you know, just, uh, I, I, I really, I know it's, it's been a short time. It's only been three weeks, but I feel like the love for each other, like it's really, it's, it's when you're in that dugout and you're and it's hot and you're sweating and you're and you're you're waking up for 8:45 KGBB before a Saturday doubleheader. I mean, you kind of bond with each other, and and it's really a, it's really a cool thing to see, um, especially with Trey. You know, not having the greatest of success to start off the season, come up big for us. And you know, yesterday happened to be his birthday, so I joke that he has to pretend like it's his birthday every day from moving forward. But. uh yeah, it was pretty cool. I know that Jack, you were there, and uh, I mean, like I said, like it was, it, it, it had a great, it had like a playoff kind of feel for it, even though it was like you know game fourteen. Yeah, coach. Um, I will say that yeah, when that ball didn't leave the park and Trey had a stand up triple because that ball seemed to be in there for what fifteen twenty seconds, but um, <laughs> yeah, man. But we almost had to keep some of the guys off the field, and that just really shows the love that they have for each other and how bad they really want to win. Not not just a big matchup, but just every game. You just want to win for each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when we were struggling early, I told the guys, hey, guys, top six make the playoffs. And that should be our team goal. You know, our team goal should be make playoffs. I don't care about the division. I don't care about – I mean, it's nice to be – you see your name up top and top division. But ultimately, it's the top six. It doesn't matter what division you're in. you got to be the top six to make the playoffs. So – uh, we 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 missed the playoffs last year, and that was uh, that kind of like left a bad taste in the coach's staff's mouth uh, last summer because I thought we had a team that we 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 could have been uh, a contender in if we made the playoffs, and we were only like a game out. So like really, every game counts. If you have a chance to win, we we need to try to pull for each other and try to get that W. But uh, um, yeah, that that ball that he, Trey hit. I mean, that talk about a, a fence scraper, huh? I mean, it literally like went up in the air as high as you possibly could hit a ball. And then it like fell straight down almost. And it, it, you know, it's amazing that, I mean, the right fielder made a tremendous effort. He had a long run a long way, but like it just was so high and he had a, such a far run. 
And then when you see that ball fall in, so you're right, Jack. Um, we had players like basically like in the third baseline, like and, and the ball was still alive. So it's like get off the get off the field, guys. But uh, it was cool. It's fun, you know. We got we got a good vibe going right now, you know. A great a great a great thing, you know. Bucks are hot right now, and we got to try to do whatever it takes to stay hot. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And I think what you've seen out of your team, what Jackson out of your team, I think pretty much you know, uh, mirrors what a lot of the other teams in the league have seen as well. You know, you come in, like you said, nobody really knows each other. And now you're with each other. You're spending, you know, on weekends, it's like 10-hour days together. Um, and the the chemistry builds quick. So it's it's exciting to see where you guys are now, but it's also, you know, even more exciting to think where you could be in another week or two um, if things keep clicking. Uh, last thing I want to touch on is... Well, this is kind of a spoof, but um, I think it was – well, uh, it's my first year in the league, and we witnessed our first ever trade. Uh, you guys acquired Brett Jurgen from the uh, Boca Raton Blazers. How has how uh, Mr. Jurgen been um, assimilating with the – is that the right word? I think it is. Um, yeah, I think that word works. Assimilating with the, uh, with the new squad. Yeah, for him, I mean, it's got to be tough. You know, you, you go through almost two weeks of playing with one team, and then, you know, you, you end up joining the Bucks. And But you know what? Our kids, um, they all they all root for each other, man. It's really it, – I don't I don't know why or how it happens that way, but, it, you know, as soon as he came in, I go, hey, guys, this is Brett. Guy, Brett, this is guys. And, you know, everyone, hey, Brett. You know, the first day he was with us, he still had his Blazers stuff on because uh, he did just come from uh, – a Blazers game and uh, we didn't have his uh, buck stuff ready for him yet, but you know, he, he's kind of, he's kind of fit right in personality wise with all the guys and, you know, add him to the outfield mix. And now with, with the, he's another good runner that has a lot of range and cover a lot of ground. So, um, you know, it, it was kind of, it's kind of unique to have a trade in summer ball, but uh, you know, he's, 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 he was welcomed with open arms and I think he feels really comfortable now that he's had a couple games in with us. I would ask you what other pieces you're going to look to add in free agency, but I don't think that exists down here. <laughs> well, hopefully some of my high school kids can be some, some you know, college commits moving forward, and I can bring on some of my, my high school kids to the Bucks. That's, you know, like I did with AJ a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll, leave, uh, I'll leave the roster creation to our GM, and uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll coach who shows up. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to – Catching you guys, you got a long homestand ahead, so I'm sure I'll be catching a fair amount of that. And uh, all the best of luck. Hopefully we get to speak to you again uh, with continued success. Great, guys. I appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. All right. right. Yep. Take care, guys. That was head coach Nick. A little music to set the vibe. That was head coach Nick Franco from the – Boynton Beach Buccaneers. Jack, you're with him a lot, but you know what did you think of what Coach Franco had to say about the Bucks? Yeah, I expected nothing less. Uh, if you're listening, yeah, everyone knows those were immaculate answers to every every response. And um, Franco's just a great coach. You know, they like we say this over and over again, but he's a player's coach that is is still a coach at the end of the day. And I think he's a good medium between being too much of a player's coach and being too much of a uh, hard-head baseball coach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's a guy that, like you said, he's kind of letting the chips fall where they may. 
Um, and they've been doing pretty well for the Bucks, like we said, nine and eight on the season, I think. Maybe it's nine and seven. Um, but the Bucks are hot, and that's all that really matters on this podcast. Um, so as we wrap it up, Lexi has left us to go to class. Um, we have a full slate of games this week in the South Florida Collegiate League. Um, some really good matchups. We have our game of the week on Friday, live from Palm Beach Atlantic, with the Barracudas and the Blazers, I believe. That will be at 7 o'clock live on the SFCBL Twitter account. Jack, anything you're looking forward to particularly as we wrap this up? Uh, nah, just to focus in on pitching tonight. Or not even tonight, just throughout the whole week. But tonight specifically, look at that uh, Blazers-Ducks matchup between aforementioned uh, Kelsey Ward and Luke Clement, two guys who are really working hard, and they're going to have a good outing. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. This is episode four coming out on Tuesday. We'll be back at it on Monday, hopefully with our player and pitcher of the week. And another full recap of week four, which will make us officially halfway through the SFCBL season, which is pretty scary. But that is coming up next week. On behalf of everyone at the SFCBL, Brian Mermelstein signing off. And we will see you next week. Take care, everybody.